What's good, Internet? I am host of the NPR Illinois podcast, Super GG Radio. But today is something extra for all our listeners, because I'd like to introduce my special, special guest, one of the OG members of Weird Twitter, founder of Bird World, uh, electronic, would you say chiptune? Well, musician extraordinaire, Leon Chang. Hey, how you doing, Leon? Hi, Alex. How are you? Good, good. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. I was really excited when uh, you answered me to get this opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, of course. Happy to do it. Definitely. Uh, now, let, let's right, let's just let's just jump into it. Let's just kind of jump into it. You're a musician. You put together uh, music. What would you? How what would you call your genre? What would I call my genre? I'd say. Uh, I guess that's a bit of a loaded question because it's kind of changed over the years. I mean. I would say it, it falls squarely into video game music, okay. but video game music is such a wide like genre of, of music within it anyways, but everything I do and everything I make is sort of based on some influence from video game music. Um, I think that can be anywhere from like chiptune, it can be orchestral music, it can be, you know, dance songs, it's all over the place, but... I think as like an overarching genre, you could call it like video game music or video game inspired music. Okay, and you know that that the it's funny that you you say that that the music kind of varies because like that's video games have obviously expanded outside of the world of chiptune where you get these uh, sometimes DJ remix uh, levels or you'll get these wide swaths of orchestral like beautifully composed music and in there is just every genre uh, you know known to man and you you have managed to evolve every album to some sort of different variation and almost what feels like a different video game exactly yeah i think um when people think of video game music at first they they normally go to like chiptune like 8-bit type of stuff and i think that's because you know when we think about video games and their origins i th- i mean i think about like early days of video games you know uh 80s 90s you know nes arcade systems and i think the music of that time obviously was sort of limited by just the the hardware you know yeah like Mm -hmm. that's that's on a a game system so um back then everything sounded like chiptune because that's just what they had to to work with really yeah you know Um, but now obviously hardware is is limitless and you can have music like breath of the wild that has you know crazy sweeping orchestral tracks or you could have something like a you know, uh, Doom Eternal, which is metal and rock and, you know, loud and clashing. Or you can have, you know, still like chiptune 8-bit music. Like, there, a lot of people are still doing that in games these days, like Celeste. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was thinking about with the, the DJ remixes of each level with Celeste uh, being one of, the, one of the better indie games out there, I'd say. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, you kind of started 2016, 2017 you decided to make a video game soundtrack for a video game that didn't exist. That's kind of how this all started. Uh, is that how you describe the Leon EP and the follow-up Bird World? Well, okay, so yeah, when I first started writing music, this was probably around 2015-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been interested in music. I've played piano since I was a little kid. Uh, I've been in you know a bunch of failed bands here and there ever since high school. Um, but I didn't really start writing music on my own until around 2015, mm-hmm. and back then it was like, it's it still like a hot, like a like a like a hobby for me, like a side project. So I was just uploading stuff onto SoundCloud, um, you know, posting it on my Twitter and seeing you know what people liked and what I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it was just basically I'd write a song every couple of months. You know? Okay, yeah. Um, I would mess around in Ableton, see what I could come up with, um, and it wasn't really like some sort of coherent project. So that's where the four songs on the Leon EP sort of came from. Those are like my really early day songs uh, from that period. However, like around 2016 or so, uh-huh. I guess, well, I guess 2015 to 2016, I was thinking, oh, I actually want to try and write an album. You know, I, I think I want to have like a coherent theme or some sort of thing that ties it together to make it an actual album instead of just like a smattering of songs. Okay. More like, yeah, more like a, th- uh, a thematic thing, putting it all together, tying it all together, really. Yeah, exactly. So that's where the the idea for Bird World came up. You know, uh, I the the songs I had written before were definitely all like video game influenced, but I thought, hey, it'd be cool to have like um, a soundtrack for a video game that doesn't exist to to be the the theme of the album. It it's been done before, and you know, obviously, video game OSTs are are very popular too. But I thought, hey, this is a is a good way for me to sort of just draw inspiration and, and come up with songs for the album. Yeah, you know, the people find inspiration everywhere when you tie it to what you can imagine a video game you if you're making a video game, this is what you can imagine the like the soundtrack would be. That's a good way to start to start some from like from like it's a base. It's a base to build off of and come up with something that really is uh something I'd say really unique. Yeah, I also like at first I thought it might be limiting, but really it's actually freeing to be to be honest because because a video game you know, especially in the genre I was running for, like thinking about like an RPG where you have a whole storyline, a bunch of different characters, different settings. It lets you really explore different genres within music. Um, you can have your like slow sort of ballad type songs, you know, sad songs. You can have your upbeat songs, battle songs, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it was it's always just been like really fun to write music that way. So that's why I think I've sort of kept at it with the video game influence as well. And and to be fair, you have expanded that way, going into more orchestral tracks and uh, faster paced, again, uh, more like like EDM inspired stuff. And but bringing it back generally to uh, video games, where it kind of started. Yeah, that's also because you know when I was first starting to write music, uh, I I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I literally was looking up like tutorials on internet forums and and YouTube on how to um, <laughs> write all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so my skills were a little bit more limited with the first album but since then i you know i've been trying to expand and try try new uh genres try to write orchestral stuff trying to write edm stuff um and and just try to like incorporate new stuff into each album you know it show it really does show uh there is a progression there yeah i mean it makes me also want to go back and like remaster and redo some of the old albums but honestly i kind of like just leave them as they are just so people can sort of hear that sort of progression i guess i mean to be fair you have taylor swift redoing all her albums so I feel like I feel like there's a license now there to do it. I mean, thankfully, I own all the masters for my song, so there's no uh, record label holding me down. There we go. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned you had a musical background. You'd played piano before. Uh, you had no degree or previous training in something like this. Um, but what kind of uh, style uh, influenced you? Any artists or composers or anything like that? And did you have any other musical background training besides the piano? Um, so I guess my, most of my, my background has been in just performance. So I started playing piano when I was four, and wow. I played all through college, mm-hmm. uh, mostly classical, though I did take jazz lessons in college. Um, at some point, I was actually seriously considering going to conservatory after high school, but uh, I also didn't want to practice eight hours a day for the rest of my life. So oh, yeah, I, cool. I decided against it. I've always been a big music geek, too. I was a big big band nerd. I played French horn in high school band. Um 
and I've, I know how to play like drums, guitar, and all these various instruments. Not as good as my piano is definitely my strongest one. Um, but I haven't really taken too many like actual, like actual classes in, in composition or like music theory. You know, I, I know some, but that's mm-hmm. mostly just from being able to play the piano. Um, so most of my influence and like my learning has been just what I could scour online. And honestly, like the best way to learn is to try to mimic artists. You know, that's how uh, I think a lot of my first songs came to be. Um, I would try to recreate a sound that an artist liked, uh, that I liked would would have done. See if I can do something similar, and then branch out from there. My influences, I mean, they're kind of all over the place, to be honest. It, during the when I first started writing music, this was like 2015. There mm-hmm. were a lot of artists on SoundCloud that I really liked a lot. Um, I guess. Those artists these days are probably closer to like a, you call it hyper pop or something like that. Hyper pop, um, uh, yeah. I will now be writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, a lot of these artists that are like big now or like have been blown up in the last couple of years, like like Sophie came from that SoundCloud world, um, Arca, like a lot of these like uh, more experimental crazy artists um, mm. came from sort of this mid two thousand tens soundcloud era i really looked up to a lot of those artists uh at the time because i was like oh if these like it it it, my thoughts were like you know if these kids can make these crazy tracks you know um out of nowhere then why can't i try that too you know yeah well of course yeah and and at this point you've been doing it for a while enough to kind of feel like like do you feel like there's do you feel like kind of part of that now? Do you feel part of the community for it? Or is there still a little bit? Of I still kind of feel like a little bit like I have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to because I kind of had a leg up in in getting my music out there because I was uh, big on Twitter first before mu- before the music. Mm-hmm. So like I already had that leg up in like, oh, I had an audience I could share the music to. But then again, also, it, it's funny now because like I have now fans from both the Twitter side of things and from the music side of things. And they're not overlapping necessarily because there's a lot of people that you know if i you know tweet something and in reference to my music they're like oh you know crap i actually listened to you and i had no idea you were the same person that happens like all the time which is really funny <laughs> to me did they ever like get into like fan beef or like the fans want to want you to be weird while other fans want you to put out more music uh I, they, there's definitely like I could tell like some of the fans like where they got my where they what they listened to and what they like how they became fans of me like which album like a lot of them are from the original bird world so like that's the chiptune sort of 8-bit sounding stuff so when i put out like return to bird world i knew there were some tracks that they would like more than the others and i sort of like pandered to that but those tracks are also a lot of fun to write anyway so it's not oh yeah not a big deal for me but um yeah it's also weird because just uh the people that find my music find it from all different places so sometimes it's on youtube because like a lot of youtubers use my music or streamers use my music Mm -hmm. because it's all instrumental it's not really like you know it's pretty streamer friendly in that way um and you know those kids aren't really on twitter or anything so they don't know really know me from twitter but they know me from like youtube or like twitch or something Um, and that's different from like the millennials that are on twitter that know me for (laughs) my posts rather than the music okay that makes sense yeah um do you feel like there's a genre here for like artists like yourself and like one of the the one of the artists that i had found that i that it, i can almost equate to uh if you've ever heard of snail's house yeah snail's house is actually a, a good friend of mine i mean just online friend online friends but um, okay so, so you do feel like so you've found camaraderie within that music community yeah so there's a lot of producers out of like japan 
China and Korea that um, are in that similar genre. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds very video gamey, but they also explore other um, sort of uh, sounds as well. I mean, I think originally you could probably say Snail's House is closer to something like Future Bass or Future House uh, kind of music. Okay, um, they were they were definitely one of my biggest influences when I first started writing music, for sure. Okay, well, that's cool that you you kind of looked up to them and were influenced by them and then only to become like, a, you know, they, they are now your like almost like coworkers or, you know, the people that you can actually work with and talk to, throw ideas at, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to con- say congrats on 1 million Spotify streams, four albums later and uh, recently dropping uh, Leon mode. Yeah. That's the latest album that came out uh, end of July. Um, it is my latest take on like a new video game soundtrack, but this time around rhythm games like DDR, Dance Dance Revolution, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely, that, a, I was curious uh, about that. Yeah. I was curious about what if there was a progression per album, what it could be. And from from the, that, it sounds like it's a different video game per album. It could be, yeah. I, this one was mostly mostly because I wanted to. I've always loved rhythm games. I, you know, I, I I've always loved playing games like DDR and um, Pump It Up and and uh, Sound Voltex and Beat Media and all these crazy video games. Of course, R- rhythm games since I was like a kid. Um, also because I wanted an opportunity to write more EDM like harder tracks. So like this album has a lot of like dubstep, drum and bass, future bass. Uh, grime like just like all sorts of like much harder style uh electronic music as opposed to like the bubbly chiptune i was writing before and i wanted to write stuff like that so i lit so my influences for this album was kind of in a whole different direction um it was a lot of like edm djs um there's an artist from japan that i really like called camellia that was like a a big influence on it and then also just just like listening to all the soundtracks from these rhythm games because because if you if you like look up playlists, you'll see like wh- who the artists are, and a lot of these artists are like you know it, producers from Japan or Korea or China that are doing like crazy stuff with these with these rhythm game musics and sounds, you know. Yeah, and the I heard uh, I can't remember what uh, I think it was the first or second track where I I heard like a sonic industrial zone in my head. That's where, I, and I actually use it to like, I go for runs now and I'll just, I'll pop that on. And I feel like again, sonic in an industrial zone, just spinning past saw blades. And uh, it's an intenseness that I, I, I find motivating. Yeah. That one's probably sonic death zone. That one is like, it, it's very drum and bass influence, but it's got a lot of dissonance in it. And it's got a, it, yeah, that one is what, probably one of my favorites on the album. I like that one a lot. Yeah. And again, motivating for workouts, which is, is really ha- makes me very happy to hear that. I'm like, oh, okay, this yeah. is because while I, the the other stuff I used to kind of relax, I kind of like background like helps me work. But that one, that album, your new album, it really is like, okay, this is pumping me up. This is making me move. And it, I, it does I, help that the whole album is like 160 BPM to 200 BPM, as opposed to like normally like a chill song is probably like half that. You know, that'll definitely <laughs> do up, it for sure. Up tempo. Uh, now. Going back to some of the the other album, uh, the other songs, uh, is there ever any like a scene or animation associated or envisioned when you're creating your work? Just because like songs like Carousel, off of Retreat, um, a lot of starts and stops, a lot of back and forth, including 
different overall sound effects that come in and out almost like you know someone walks into is walking to a store and opens the door and closes the door and then you hear other things happening it sounds like a scene from a movie and is there anything like in your mind envisioning or you're like this is specifically when this person does this yeah so actually the retreat album is really interesting because it's sort of a different uh direction than than bird world or return to bird world like bird world and return to bird world are my sort of soundtracks to a fake video game for an rpg so okay those uh are definitely um what i imagine like the background tracks are for like if you're at a specific location or if a battle's happening or um you know a cutscene's happening sounds like start menu or yeah yeah exactly it's like it's like you know if you were downloading the video games soundtrack this is what exactly what it would be um and when you're downloading a video game soundtrack there's really no like um you don't really have like background noise or, or effects in there, but Re- retreat that album is actually, so that one is, is based on my love for animal crossing. So what I did for that album is there's 24 songs in the album. Mm-hmm. And if, if you ever, if you've ever played animal crossing, uh, basically animal crossing sort of runs in real time in that, like each hour of the day that you play it translates to whatever hour in real life it is, you know, yeah. the, the outside in the real world. And interestingly about animal crossing is that, um, Every hour of the day has a different song. So for 24 hours in Animal Crossing, you know, when the hour switches, the song switches. So at night, it's a little bit more like mellow songs. And then like during the day, like in the morning, there's like upbeat sort of waking up songs. Um, basically, I took the 24 songs from Animal Crossing New Leaf, the 3DS version. Yeah. And I remixed them and edited them and chopped them up to the point of almost like, you know, to the point there some of them are unrecognizable and then that was like my take on the animal crossing songs kind of for those 24 songs so oh so retreat is like trying to redo almost the animal crossing album exactly so when you're when you're like playing animal crossing these songs are in the background but you're doing stuff like you're you're walking around you're uh opening you know the door to a shop or you're picking like you know an apple off a tree so there's a lot of sound effects sort of like you know, in the game while you're playing, the while you're hearing this music, that are, are very prevalent. So I try to add that feel to it. That's why also like every song in there, the beginning, and the end, has like some sort of uh, background noise that fades in. So, like sometimes it's like it's a, r- a river flowing, yeah, or some crickets, you know, tripping at night. That's so why I was asking I, I w- if it was like purposeful. Yeah. So that album, it, in my mind, is meant to be played from start to finish because there's sort of like it's like a whole day basically that you're listening to. And that's uh, Animal Crossing, which one? New Leaf, the one New for Leaf. the 3DS. Because right. uh, New Horizons didn't come out until last year, and I wrote that album 2017 or 2018, I believe. That's what I was I was curious about the lining up. I was like, I don't think they match up with New Horizons. So. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny because I actually played a lot of... I, I did play New Horizons, but I played, played a lot more of New Leaf. Um, and I actually like the soundtrack for New Leaf a lot more, but it, it could be just nostalgia uh, factoring in there. I played. You know, a lot of people say New your first Leaf. one's favorite, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that's 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 actually it's fascinating. I'm gonna I'm gonna now I'm gonna listen to that album with like new eyes, just kind of hearing uh, all the little intricacies that I already kind of questioned before, but now it really makes a lot of sense. And it's also like if you want, if you should also listen to the the original soundtrack too and see like you know how the songs differ because um, they should match up. So like the first song is like midnight, second song is one a.m., etc. Um, obviously, they're named differently on my album, but now I got a project. Now, now I got a project to do. I got some homework. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, have you actually been asked to do a video game soundtrack before? Uh, I've definitely been approached. Um, 
not not like super seriously yet but definitely uh people have have asked if i'd be interested in doing that um i've sort of resisted it for now one because i still just want to mainly write stuff for my own Mm -hmm. um and then two i mean if the right project came along then i probably would want to but right now nothing has really like celeste (laughs) too i mean yeah i I, if if (laughs) if uh uh if if well, I forgot what their name was, the what was the creator's Celeste name again? If they asked me, uh, forgot their name. Anyways, uh, but yeah, if they asked me for Celeste two to write a track, I would hundred percent write a track for Celeste. I loved that game. Also, the music was so good. Matt makes so games, good. and oh, that's right, that's Maddie, 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 yeah, Maddie. That's right. Um, yeah, that Celeste is definitely one of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, I mean, not just the originals, but also the B sides. Um, a lot of artists I really admire did the uh, remixes for those too. Awesome. And uh, just to kind of gauge the other route, Earthworm Jim 4. Earthworm Jim 4. Uh, it's funny. I've actually used some Earthworm Jim sound effects in, I use them in Bird World. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of 8-bit like drums uh, mm-hmm. and, and samples uh, from back in the day, back in like the Sega Genesis days. There's a lot of those sound packs go- going around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use some of the Earthworm Jim drum, <laughs> drum, drum samples in, uh, I forget which track, but I use some of them. That's really uh, funny. In Bird World. But the answer is probably you would not be into, interested in being in Earthworm Jim 4. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a different direction uh, yeah you gotta you gotta yeah. find like where's the where's the line celeste 2 yeah yes earthworm gym 4 no that's fine okay <laughs> exactly yeah yeah uh is there any ideal game or a game that you wish you had been like approached upon or like what if someone would be like oh man i wish i could have done that game or, like a, uh, I mean, a I, remix album of something like that obviously i mean I, new leaf but yeah, I would love to do, you know, I would love to, uh, two two different genres of games I would love to do. One would be like an RPG, you know, yeah, um, some sort of sweeping storyline uh, where, you know, the creator of the game would be like, oh, this is the storyline, here's the characters, you know, here's how I envision uh, the game going, here's this cutscene, this is what the mood is, write a song for this. That would be wonderful. I would love to be able to do something like that. Um, or a game like Animal Crossing, something that's like a little, little bit more chill, a little bit more background music, almost like elevator music, to be honest. Um, either one of those sort of genres would be amazing. I'd also, you know, it, the dream would be to make my own video game someday. Of course. But it's such a daunting task, and I have no experience at all in that, um, that for now I'm just writing fake video game soundtracks. Hey, for, I, I, I'm told from a reliable source there are really good YouTube videos on it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, last thing regarding uh, kind of your music, you had a singular release, physical release for Return to Bur- a Bird World. What kind of sp- you went into? You went into the NFT world. I, I didn't actually go into the NFT world. Okay, uh, that 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 post about it was was a uh, uh, satirical. Yeah, none of my music is available as, a, as an NFT. Okay, so so, but do you have physical releases at all, or no? I do have physical releases. So for Bird World, the original one, I did a um, a USB stick uh, as the as the actual album, and then it came with a physical manual because uh, a lot of what my inspiration was for Bird World and Return to Bird World were older RPGs, okay. and one of my strongest memories from playing these old RPGs and, and other older games too is that games used to come with these game manuals you know? yes um they used to come with these really colorful artistic booklets that were like 30 pages or something they would expl- uh, explain like 
the controls, the lore, um, some tips and tricks. And you don't really get that these days anymore. One, even if they do sell a physical copy, there's not really a manual in these games anymore. I don't know nope. why. Because it's so much fun to have something physical like that to hold on to and flip through. I guess they have like art books and stuff like that, but it's not quite the same. Um, uh, and also, I, I can't remember what game I saw recently. I think Deathloop might have come with a manual. I mean, that's awesome. I, I, I think more games should do that. It, it probably, maybe, you know, they want to cut down the cost or something. But like, And also games these days are mostly sold digitally, so obviously no manual there. Um but one of my favorite things about games back in the days is that you had a manual that you could flip through. I used to like, you know, trace the art that was in those manuals. I used to yeah. like, you know, read them in bed when I was like, you know, trying to fall asleep. Um, so for, for Bird World, I created like a little fake game manual that came with it that sort of explained the characters and settings uh, of the game. Um, and that was for the first Bird World, so the USB stick and the manual. And the manual was kind of like, 10 pages it was small um i also didn't i i this is also like early on in in me coming out with physical products the the dimensions i decided to print it in were actually made it very difficult to mail because it didn't fit in standard envelopes oh, that's annoying <laughs> yeah so but for, for return to bird world i was like okay i actually think i have the money now to invest in something a little bit bigger so i made basically a replica of the old double CDs that RPGs came in. So like your Final Fantasy VII, your Star Oceans, Xenogears, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they came in like these double jewel CD cases uh, with the two CDs. They sometimes three. On, yeah, sometimes three, sometimes four. I think Xeno's uh, Saga had four or something. Anyways, so they had the manual in it. They had art on the front. They had art on the back. And, you know, that was like the coolest thing as a kid. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to make my next album actually look like that so i reached out to like a cd production company out in jersey um you know they did the whole manual process for me uh they had to find special key because like apparently they don't they don't really make those double jewel cases anymore really um, so they yeah so they had to like find a custom order for those um because like who sells cds these days you know no, no one sells like physical cds these days yeah uh, for music um but you know i wanted to make it worth it for people to buy because you know, it's, it's not just selling just the CD. It's selling this whole package. There's, like, the art. There's a 30-page uh, manual in it that has, like, fake controls for how you can control your character in the game. It's awesome. Uh, it has, like... And, I, I you know, I commissioned a bunch of artists I really like to, to uh, do the concept art and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I thought, you know, I could probably sell enough of these to at least break even. So, I, you know, it's actually turned out pretty well. Um, I just like having a physical representation of the music to sell that's not just a cd you know it's like something more than that uh, i think people appreciate that too like i the funny thing is i don't even have a way to play cds in my apartment except for my ps2 i don't have a like a cd drive like um in you know uh my laptop anymore so it's i think funny. i still have one of those big ones that are that's like a it's a cd but like the cd is almost facing you and you can watch it spin in there it's like one of those oh like, yeah 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 i still have that as like a, a decorative piece i don't think it's plugged in it's like in the kitchen i'm like this looks nice here i don't i'm not gonna plug it in ever or ever play a cd i don't think but it looks cool yeah, it's just sad because like we you know 2021 we've sort of like lost uh all physical media really um you know, well every, it, every... it kind of depends on where you go though right like the i've been to a punk concert that they handed out cassettes yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I love that the DIY aesthetic is still around. That's also like, you know, 
why I kind of wanted to do this with with the music. Yeah. Um, but it's just like all like movies. You don't. No one owns DVDs anymore. You, people used to have like DVD collections, CD collections, uh, physical video game collections. You know. Um, so I just want to kind of capture that. You know that feeling again of, of holding something uh, that was like meaningful like that. The one thing I really like that's the the more newer trend with a lot of these uh it's PS5 games and uh, Nintendo Switch games is the reversible covers that you could take the cover out and flip it and there's more artwork that looks less like uh, you know it doesn't have the the Nintendo Switch logo on it so people who want to have like an organized bookshelf of games that has all the Nintendo Switch logos lined up it completely messed that up but you know Breath of the Wild has a beautiful painted picture of Link climbing a like a, a cliff or you know you just if you if you look through all of your Nintendo Switch games and in PS5 games most of them now have this flip out cover that you can just flip it same you know Final Fantasy 7 remake they have a a completely different image of cloud and looking at the Shinra tower or something else. I think it's all of well, these different things. I actually go to people's houses and when they're not looking, I start flipping the cases. <laughs> That's really like cool. It. Actually. So I'm actually a total hypocrite when I talk about all this stuff. Cause like m- most of my switch games are, you know, downloads rather than physical copies. So yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of go back and forth when I feel like a game is like really big, you know, like a big file size. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I just might as well get the physical thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Save up some space. When it's the small indies, I'll digitally download some a lot of those. But it's like the physical, yeah. the big games that are just like, oh, this is like two two different games in one, or this is the, you know, the collection of whatever. It's like okay, and it's also got a flip reversible cover. That's great. I'll just I'll mess with that. But I again, I do love going to people's houses and flipping their covers. They get mad at me. That's really funny. I'll have to look through my Switch games and see if there's a. Yeah, look. Uh, I think that like the the couple that I haven't seen is like Bayonetta. And the one two switch, I think every other one I have is flippable, and it makes me very happy. And I flip them all. That's cool. I like that. Uh, so uh, just to go in a little bit of the personal life, you you uh, you're from New York, born and raised. Move around. Yeah, uh, I'm from born and raised in New York, not in the city, just a, a little bit north of the city. Okay. Um, but I've now lived in New York for it's almost thirteen, more than thirteen years now. So I've been. Pretty much New York City based uh, most of my life, and oh. obviously that's where that's where you feel pretty comfortable about it. You like living in the big city life. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I guess I'm just really used to it by now. Um, mm-hmm. I think New York also is is um, offered me is like offers me a lot of opportunity when it comes to music. Um, just you know, I a lot of musicians that come here to play, like I'll you know I'll go to their shows or if like you know people artists that i like or that i might know a lot of them come here and i can meet them and stuff so you know i see myself probably living here for a little bit very cool i'm from chicago i like to be able to find out that the small shows i still like to see the people the bands that it's you know uh the crowd is like 20 people max and you know it's a dive bar and that's that's my scene that's where i like to find like the small really weird indie bands like oh there's a first time in america okay i'm gonna yeah yeah I mean, there's still a lot of those shows in New York. You just got to dig around to find them. Oh, no, no. It's the, it's the opposite. I'm saying is that I'm I'm with you on why I like living kind of near the city. Oh, you know? yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of, uh, sadly, one of my favorite punk bands, the, the singer just passed and he was uh, big from New York. Uh, you've heard of well, World Inferno Friendship Society. I have not. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they call it, they're more like, uh, they call it like um, cabaret punk. So if you okay. imagine... Uh, a cabaret about uh, drinking red wine and burning the and burning the world <laughs> to the ground in anarchy. 
very like performative and uh yeah he sadly just passed i'm sorry to hear that yeah um okay uh now let's get to the gaming side we've been talking all around gaming but we haven't really gotten to that part yet um what you playing right now what you've been playing lately and uh what are you digging so what I've what I've been playing lately. So all right, so I have I have two sides to my gaming now. I mm-hmm. actually started streaming on Twitch uh, starting last April at twitch.tv slash Leon L E Y A W N. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I never thought I would become a Twitch streamer. I was always like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do music and just do Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then obviously, you know, COVID started and everyone was staying home, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll try this out. And at first, I was trying to do like more music related stuff. You know, I would stream myself writing music. I'll stream myself listening to new, my new albums and stuff, which I still do from time to time. But I, I, I realized very quickly that what I wanted to stream more was just playing video games. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, lately, uh, on stream, I've been playing through the Soulsborne games. So Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, Bloodborne, and now I'm, I'm playing Sekiro. Okay. I had never played, like, never even touched those games before. I'd always thought, oh, because they have a re- reputation of being very difficult yep. and being very challenging and being mm-hmm. like, you know, like people are like very, very frustrated with them. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy playing that. But I really, really like playing those games. It's actually That's a awesome. lot of fun. It's definitely challenging. And I'll like, you know, butt my head against a boss for like an hour or two. But it's it's very rewarding because it's I don't know the game itself is not too like you feel like you're definitely overcoming something when you're learning a boss yeah so I've been I've been playing through those games lately um, Sekiro is like the, the 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 newest one and I've been really enjoying it um, so that's what I've been playing on stream uh, in the past couple of months off stream I've actually been playing a lot of Valorant um, okay I used to play FPSs a lot more when I was in college like Halo and Call of Duty I never really got into Counter Strike but um, I have a couple of friends that during, you know, COVID, we just started, we're like, okay, we can't hang out IRL. Let's just start playing more video games together. And then Valorant became like the, one of the games that we just play regularly. And it's, you know, okay. five of us on a team, um, strategic. It's more, it's kind of like the chess, I would say of FPS games. Um, but it's a, it's a, honestly, like, it's a fun way for me to just like hang out with friends online now, um, without it being too like, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, that's why that's how this podcast got started in the first place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, a lot of my friends uh, from high school and college, we all kind of always were very close. And in fact, we still have a Google Hangouts chat that is uh, 15 people deep that is consistently going. Like nice. I can look right now and there's like eight messages from different people just having conversations. And we always try to find ways to keep close and uh, playing video games together. We had a consistent group of roughly five to six people always playing and it kind of just led to us wanting to talk about it, and now uh, here we are. Yeah. Also, like, yeah, it it started. Uh, I think when COVID first started, I, I was trying different, like, you know, team based uh, FPS games too. Like, we started with like some Fortnite, and then PUBG, and then Apex, and then Valorant. Um, now I'm sticking with that. Other I'm than that, you never went to like Siege. I've never actually played Siege. Siege uh, is where is more where I'd say the chess comes into play just because um you get you only get like two shots and then you're you're done so Ooh, it is very it is very very strategic walls are completely just you know destructible in every direction so it's always a constant tension of where you're going to come where someone's going to come from and you the, there's definitely a push and pull of different 
they call them operators there, different operators who will negate other operators just by knowing the 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 format. Who's what, what's uh, the best matchup, you know? That's pretty cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, other than that, I've also, you know, I always have like one RPG or two that I'm like consistently playing in the background as well. Who doesn't? So lately I've been playing Trails in the Sky, which is a very long, very convoluted uh, set of maybe like four or five RPGs. Oh, I, no, I, I, I know them very well. I have a friend who's been uh, banging the drum and has been going through all of them recently. He, he finished the series. It's great. You know, like, sure, the graphics are, like, you know, old or whatever, but the the combat system is really fun. The story is really good. It's got a, it's got a charm to it, really. Um, so that's what I've been sort of, like, slowly grinding on the side. But I don't know. Sometimes it, it feels like I just don't have enough time to play all the video games I want to, you know? Oh, there's never enough time, sir. <laughs> um and then other than that what else i've been playing i i also i've always been a big fan of magic the gathering so i guess technically not a video game but technically it is now because of arena so i've been playing yeah decent amount of that um for the past couple months um no my um my co-hosts have been buying up physical uh physical boxes of magic now oh yeah like uh, like garage sale picking like oh i just got 100 cards for like 20 bucks i'm like oh Oh, yeah you can find some gems that way yeah they're deep in they're deep into the game you know yeah yeah well i want to dig or i want to dig a little deeper into the some of these um uh playing the souls games uh so you beat uh, when i checked in you were at dark souls 3 but obviously i had to step away for a bit before we got to the interview so now you're on Sekiro. how far are you taking this are you sticking to from software or are you going into uh the other souls likes that have expanded outward um, so I guess this, I mean, this started because like I had never touched any, not touched any of the Soulsborne games or anything like it really. Mm-hmm. Previously, before I started Dark Souls 1, which was the first one that I, I played, I played Hollow Knight and I really yep. enjoyed Hollow Knight. And someone in chat said, oh, you might actually like Dark Souls because it's it's got a similar sort of progression feel to it, you know? Yeah. You bang your head against the boss, you learn their movements. It's just 2D versus 3D. So I, I tried it out and I really liked Dark Souls games. I played through, yeah, a, uh, this is the last one, I guess, in the series. I guess I haven't played Demon Souls yet. I'd have to yeah. figure out um, where I could play that, maybe emulate it or something. Yeah, you but, could probably emulate the original PS3 version yeah. or find a cheap PS3 somewhere. Uh, or, yeah, I try to find a try to track down a PS5. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've been really enjoying uh, playing through those games. Also, like, the games are pretty long, too, and I've been doing, like, all bosses, like, all content. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but... I don't know. I, I've really been enjoying streaming them as well. It's it's a very like streamable game because yeah. a lot of people have played the game, so they like to see how you're doing it. Um, different opinions on different builds. Yeah, different opinions on different builds, and then like seeing what's challenging for someone uh, versus someone else. Um, so I I just started Sekiro maybe like uh, a week or two ago, so that's probably going to go on for a while. I don't I don't know what I'm going to play next to be honest, because then I will have run out of um, from soft games until I guess Elden Ring comes out. Yeah, um, but, I was going to say that. Uh, I've dabbled in most of them. I've beaten like three from software games, but there's this, I've dabbled in all the rest, including the outward ones. So things like salt and sanctuary, which is more of like a 2d one. Mm. Um, there is one. I'm trying to think there's one that's uh more cyberpunk where you're attaching limbs. Uh, you're like different pieces of mechanical, like the enemies you, ch- you chop off parts of their mechanical body and then you attach it to yourself to like, give yourself more dodge or something like that. <laughs> so there's kind of a lot of these kinds of games that are really fun. 
and like I, I feel like the genre in itself it does lend to the the feeling of like man I really accomplished something here I really did something that was you know you, you saw no end in sight you know what I mean yeah and also there's a there's a huge modding community too with these games as well there's like for all the souls games um there's crazy mods out there they're either like change the game up completely or they randomize the enemies or and stuff like that, that I haven't even explored yet but that could be something I, I try out as well I have seen um, like a- additional content added to say like D- Dark Souls, like a a whole new game that takes place after Dark Souls One, meant to be like an unofficial fan made sequel. So that that's like one of that's interesting. Um, the game I was talking about though is uh, the Surge. The Surge. Hmm. Yeah, the Surge is uh, cyberpunk, up. and as you defeat enemies, you can get their weapons, and kind of it just gets attached to your body. But you only have a certain number, a certain amount of battery space, so you kind of have to pick and choose what you're gonna take. Kind of like you know stamina if you be too, if you end up being too heavy in a Souls game. Mm, interesting, but, interesting. But the combat's very much the same. The exploration's the same. A lot of the, uh, very similar. The bosses are you know cyberpunk versions of what you'd see uh, in a Souls game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that that definitely appeals to me. I, the games that I tend to avoid, I would mm-hmm. say, are like the games I I I just never found them appealing. Is like the the you know the triple a big story big like sort of I, I don't know how to describe them like what genre but i'm thinking of games like mass effect or like bioshock or uh i don't know games like that that i've just never it just never really seemed interesting to me okay uh, obviously a lot of people have said like oh yeah bioshock's a really good game or whatever but um i don't know something about those games just it, i it i I don't know what it is about them. I guess I like my videos a little bit more like Dark Souls honestly kind of feels has a feel of like an older video game sometimes because it's it's uh the, I think the way it, it's challenging is different than like a more storyline driven game, you know? Okay, so you you almost don't like a like narrative kind of straightforward almost like corridor shooters. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Which is funny because I do like the narrative of like RPG games, but that's like it's it's a completely different feel to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you take a corridor shooter like Bioshock, but you give it like a really great story, it's still good. It just not, may not mm. be the direct thing for you. Right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, like Prey is one that a lot of people are like, this is like one of the best games ever. But it's like if you don't like those like a little bit bigger named games or like just like something that has got a little bit more corridor-y kind of feel than, yeah, the, those games. Though I did like the Doom games. I played Doom Eternal. I really enjoyed it. But maybe uh, I mean, again, I still I recommend Prey just because of the yeah. open-endedness it is. It, it's cool. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's essentially a Metroidvania. But, you know, first person. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, our podcast focuses on finding the small indie games that are generally, mm-hmm. like, beta-tested, early access, uh, made by like three people and just has an interesting idea we've never seen before. That's cool. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton of games like that. I, just, I haven't. I just haven't even tackled yet. You know. I guess. Oh I, yeah, I of course. Played the bigger name ones. Um. So uh, all the games you're playing. What's your game of the year so far, and why is it Star Ocean Second Evolution? <laughs> uh, Star Ocean: The Second Story. It, that game is always like held like a uh, nostalgic part in my heart, just because it was one of the RPGs I played the most when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, game of the year, though, I don't know. Like, what has come out this year that I've played? Uh, I mean, I don't even know what has come out this year that I've played. Now that I think about it, 
a lot of the what is what, what has stood like the test of what has been the you know, the favorite thing you have played this year Does i mean it's got it right now it's got to be bloodborne bloodborne is just yeah. i think the pin- pinnacle of those those dark souls types of games um the aesthetic of it is really really cool uh the combat system the gameplay seems feels very fluid out of all the Soulsborne games so far, that's that one. I mean, we'll see with Sekiro, but that one has felt the most where I'm like, oh, I'm learning how to become a badass. And then by the time I learn it, I feel really cool. You know, you feel like you're really doing stuff with that game. Um, As, see, that, that one, that's uh, that one stuck out to me because that one was the, like the biggest twist to that story where all of a sudden you're like in a whole that you're you're looking you're in the same area but it's completely different now yeah yeah and when that happens that's just like it blew my mind or i was like i've why did this happen this is all brand new i i'm seeing everything different now and that was yeah the game is really beautiful too like just it's they did like they did such a good job with with just how the game looks you know yeah yeah see uh i i'm a big uh, one of the things that kind of drew me to you was uh, your your love of star ocean uh i (laughs) that was one of my favorites when i was it was around that time the playstation one where i remember that i got into jrpgs and i just yeah devoured anything i could find and at that time my 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 dad had a uh, a chipped modded playstation so we could just download and copy all of the jrpgs that i could have possibly wanted so i was playing even the most uh, obscure ones that we could find, half in English, not translated well. Just I'm like, I'm trying it. I'm playing it. We're gonna figure this out. I really, this is that was my genre. So Star Ocean was very, very yeah. Fun Star Ocean was okay. So Star Ocean was my, one of my favorites for sure because they had a very unique combat system where it was not turn based. It was like the the real time based. So it kind of felt like you were doing like fighting moves. Uh, fighting game moves in the combat but it's also such a huge game like storyline wise and then also skill tree wise like you could uh you could learn cooking skills in that game you could join an orchestra in that game and, and in- increase your musical skills and stuff you could learn to become a pickpocket it was just, and also that was one of the games that i remember their their gimmick was that they bragged about having like 80 plus different endings which in reality there was maybe like you know maybe half of the half of that as like real endings but you had like yeah. sort of minor variations um but uh, i i probably played through the game in its entirety maybe like six or seven times or so um because there's always different characters you can try out and in, in different you know you can um, have a lot of party members and then you can just miss yeah. characters entirely yeah exactly but i yeah same thing with me like back when i was a kid i actually didn't have a ps1 my best friend did so i would play his house but we just like went through all the jrpgs we went through that we that you know we could we went through final fantasy 7 final fantasy 8 final fantasy 9 chrono cross um legend of dragoon star yep. ocean xenogears um valkyrie profile uh just all different ones and it's funny because like when we were playing so we, this is this is probably why, why i like the physical media so much whenever we played these rpgs we didn't want to miss anything so we always bought the either the brady games or the prima yeah the uh, prima guy game guy yeah because they were they would come with this massive you know guide that would be like 200 pages long and it's such a cool thing to flip through you know and it's sitting as the manual just like look at the art check it out i'm like oh man yeah, this is real cool it, like the back of the manual would have like a glossary of every enemy like all the characters and their stats and stuff like that you know i i i loved holding that and like playing through that uh, the game well i think i found I, I recently was going through some of my stuff in storage and i found one of my uh my favorite art games was uh final fantasy tactics and i found like my prima guide and i was like oh my god 
Yeah, Texas is a good one too. The art is so beautiful. Uh, uh, I discovered you from Austin Walker and Giant Bomb. How did you get affiliated with them? Giant Bomb? Um, I'm not really affiliated with them. Uh, I think it's just like from like like how you said before, weird Twitter. Mm-hmm. Basically, whatever collection of of you know people I ended up posting with on Twitter. Um, since I've been on there since like 2009 now, which I realize is a really long time. Yeah. Um, they have sort of you know, when when any anyone like I think the giant bomb people sort of uh, are just tangentially sort of just related to all these people that I posted with. In that, like you know, obviously we all like video games, and those guys have been around for a while. Um, I'm not like I'm not I don't really know them that well, but you know I've followed and. And and uh, liked Alex Navarro's and and uh, Abby's posts and stuff. Um, and this, as soon as I started streaming more on Twitch, I, I became more you know aware uh, uh, of what they do. Um, but I think wait, all the Giant Bomb games guys moved to a, a new project, right? It's like Nextlander. Is there a thing? Uh, half of them? Half of them. Half of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and there's some other people like moved on, but uh, we we've actually had Abby Russell on our on our show. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so but you do get to do the game of the year list every year, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Alex does ask me um, to to do a game of the year list, um, and usually my games are none of them are almost none of them are from whatever year it is. I'm always playing older games. Yeah, that's still fun though, and it, that, that's what makes it your game of the year list, and it makes it more unique to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's next for Leon Chang? Any like collaborations? You working on anything, or is it? Is it relax and enjoy Leon mode for a bit before the next project? <laughs> I'm working on the next project. It's it, this this time of uh, the progression for a new project is always the most difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where to start and where I want the, new the ramp ideas up to come. Exactly, yeah. Like I don't trying to get the inspiration. You know, once I get the inspiration, once I have the idea of what I want the album to be, that's when things can really kick into uh, high gear. I do want to collaborate with some other producers. Um, it's I don't know who yet. I've been talking to a couple of different people. Um, I've never really worked with someone else before, so this is a new challenge for me. Uh, but I would I I would love to work with some of the people that you know have been my inspiration for a while, and see if I can come up with something cool with them. So it'll probably be like a smaller album, you know, maybe okay. not like a full like twenty four song album or something. Um, but I think that's what I want to do next. Wow, that's fantastic! It's exciting, really. Uh, I I know you did uh, you did you had a couple songs that had lyrics in them so that was a little bit of a collaboration but that's exciting to hear that you might be working with some other producers to try to come up with something a little smaller. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would, it's a new challenge, but I I can't wait to like try it out. What are you listening to currently? What am I listening to currently? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of uh like different rap currently. Okay. Um. Uh, my music taste is kind of all over the place. It's a lot Same of here. stuff that's like, there's definitely a lot of stuff that's close to what I write. Um, but then I also listen to uh, a lot of different other genres. Um, I've just been listening to a lot of, I guess, I don't know what the genre is. It's like hyper pop slash rap and stuff like Blady, stuff like Hunter Gex. Um, okay. Just to also, you know, I. Cause do you stick I'll, to like I'll, SoundCloud rap, SoundCloud rap, or do you like kind of go ma- mainstream or? Yeah, a little bit of both or... a little bit of both um, okay but I, it's also like you know they're doing a lot of cool things sonically that like i would love to to try to emulate or try to, to figure out you know how can i, I do something something similar to like what they're doing um because it 
it's a lot of experimental stuff you know it's you know a lot of rap and hip-hop these days uh is sort of on the forefront when it comes to the production yeah um, so I, I get a lot of inspiration from that kind of stuff yeah and of course there's like there's, there's other like branching genres like glitch hop and stuff like that yeah yeah for sure all right uh karaoke go to karaoke go to yeah uh, always be my baby by mariah carey Ooh, yeah now you're speaking my language that that one always brings down the house but it's a t- tough song but, it is um if i can do it like at like 25 percent uh like if, if you were giving me a grade 25 out of 100 if i can do that then that's already impressive enough i think um to to get people going so that's always been my go-to song fantastic i i love me some mariah carey I, that was like a, that was a school that was a schoolboy crush for me <laughs> i'm i'm just admitting it flat out that's all it is <laughs> well leon uh thank you so much for joining me where can people find you uh so i'm on if you just look up leon chang that's what all my music is under l-e-o-n-c-h-a-n-g that's on spotify youtube amazon apple music all the major platforms uh, if you want to find me on Twitter or Twitch, it's at L-E-Y-A-W-N, Leon. Uh, but yeah, that, that's where you can find me. It's phonetic. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. And uh, of course, you can find us uh, at SuperGG Radio on Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash SuperGG Radio, where we have our Twitch streaming schedule, and uh, SuperGGRadio.com. Uh, thank you so much, Leon. You've been fantastic. It's been really great hanging out with you. Thank you for having me. GG everybody, GG Leon. GG.